0: You are listening to the Courtship Code podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of Black Muslim Single dot com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. So right now I have with me the Absolutely beautiful. I absolutely adore her. Rachel Yvonne McIntosh, who, she is a pastor. She is an artist. She is a motivational coach, a business coach. She just does amazing things. She has so much going on for herself. And I really wanted to share Rachel with you guys because she's inspirational. She understands authenticity, how to show up. And I thought she would be wonderful to speak with the listeners of the Courtship Code podcast, and really just share her journey and some insights and also how she's able to benefit people. So thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Gosh, it's a pleasure to be here and to talk about probably one of my favorite topics. I think as women, we talk about this a lot anyway. Actually, no, men and women, it's like one of the biggest topics, our relationships. So I'm absolutely ecstatic to have this conversation with you today.
0: All right, all right, all right. So, for those who aren't familiar with you, let them know all about you because we've been in contact for like years now. It's been quite a few years.
1: It has. I can't remember how it started.
0: I can't but... remember either. I was I was trying to think the other day. I'm like, how did we cross paths? Because I remember back when you were you were on like, like what was it like? America's Got Talent or X Factor. Your- X-Factor, you were back on X-Factor with your, with the singing group, and I came across, you. I don't know how we came across each other, but I remember you back then, and that's when I first, like, started interacting with you around that time, and I remember that whole X-Factor process, and then we had been in some uh, groups together, to other things, but we've just, you know, slowly been building over years, but it's been, I think, maybe about three years
1: now. Yeah, it's about three years now, I would say, because I started, I think I started the Facebook group in March of 2015. I think that's as long as okay. you probably know me. So yeah, it's okay. about that. yeah, so that's how long it's been. That's it has incredible. been three years. That's this. like four years. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Okay. So tell everyone just a little bit about you and your background and your transitions and where you are now. Let's go back to 2015. Let's start there.
1: Okay so back in 2015 I was in, well actually was it before then? I feel like it was before then But before, I can't remember what year but around 2015 I was in um, a singing group called Melody Stone, and then we had to change our name to Sil- No, we were Silvertone, and then we had to change the name to, Sil- to Melody Stone, and we were on X Factor, the UK's X Factor. Um, it was a really great experience, and um, um, as Zara said, that's when we first kind of met, because I can't remember what happened on Facebook, but there was something, and then we obviously got connected. Um, but yeah, so I am a singer, Um, I sing at church as well. I am a speaker, preacher, minister, and I also do some coaching and social media management. Um, It's funny because it's really interesting because a lot of those things kind of interrelate to each other and it just feels like different parts of me rather than separate things. Um, Because one thing I'm learning is that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And when you try to cut, compartmentalize your life that's usually when you end up with different problems because you have to kind of pretend to be something in each um, place that you are Um, but the older that I get is the more that I value transparency authenticity and really showing up as who I am Um, so in a nutshell that's really kind of what I stand for Um, one of my mottos is brave powerful and free and that's really what I understand Um, I'm here to kind of teach, as it were, and to live out in my own life as well, to know that everybody was born to be brave, and there were all powerful people who can make decisions, and that we were all born to be absolutely free to do so, um, so that's a short version of who I am.
0: <laughs> you know, I love what you said about incorporating different aspects of you, and it all kind of connects, because I definitely identify with that, and I feel like it's amazing when you're really trying to step into your personal best, or you're really trying to discover your calling and your gifts and what you're good at, or it really, when those paths start opening up for you, I feel like God really starts revealing parts of you at the time that's needed. And then you start seeing down the line, how all of it starts coming together. It's like, okay, first I got this gift revealed. Then I got this one. And then you are like, Oh wait, well I can use this now. I can, cause that's how it was for me. Like I started off, really with like my first business when I was probably about like 24 and then after that I did um I left that alone and then I did writing and I was an author for a while I'm really focused on being an author and then like speaking and then when I started doing matchmaking and now coaching I feel like the writing, the speaking, the service-based, all that is like all useful and has all been like breadcrumbs about where I'm I'm moving towards. So I feel like that's kind of what you're like in that space as well.
1: Yeah, and that's really how it is. It's about you know, we're all on a journey together. And um, I think that's important for everybody to understand is that we're all on different parts of the journey and we cannot discount any part of the journey. Um, one a, a speaker that I really love, he says this, that um, God wastes nothing and he gets you ready. So every part of our life is a part of the journey. So I tend not to really live with regrets. Even my dad asked me if I regret something in particular. And I was like, no, I just made the wrong decision. And he laughed. He thought that was a really positive way to look at things. I said, well, yeah, there's absolutely nothing I can do about things I've done in the past. There's absolutely nothing I can do about decisions I made. I can own up to him and say, actually, that was the wrong decision. But it's unhealthy for me to live with regrets. Um, and that's a personal thing. I understand everybody has their own kind of balance of what that looks like. But for me, that's my thing. I don't live with regrets. I just happen to have made a few wrong choices along the way. But ultimately ultimately everything always works out for good.
0: Absolutely. And I have grown into that as well. Like that's a hard process to go through, to fully just be in acceptance of your journey and just like, okay, this is all part of it, the good, the bad. And what you just said, I actually had to share with a coaching client recently, and that's to don't forget the good choices you've made you know like yes you've made some mistakes along the way you've made some bad decisions but i'm pretty sure you've also made a lot of really good ones so you have to embrace all of that and not just put so much focus on the bad choices the mistakes the bad decisions so i think that that's a great point to make so when you're talking about you know bringing all that together and you're saying like you know that's how you connect with your authenticity You know, essentially,
1: right? Yeah, I think that's really about it. It's um, being authentic to me is being true to yourself, who you are, your desires, whether they are good or you know, um, inverting commas bad, um, and really kind of coming to understand that and owning up. I think that's the most important thing. Is that a lot of times, especially for those of us who are faith based, is we don't always own up to what our faith says are like the bad parts of ourselves because mm-hmm. we feel like shame or condemnation around it. And then that creates what some, I guess what they say in the coaching world, the shadow selves, where you, 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 you have this other part of you that you know is there, but you kind of ignore it because you know you shouldn't be doing that or you shouldn't be feeling that way. And then what happens is when we don't own up to those parts, that's when we make mistakes. That's when we cheat. That's when we lie. That's when we make wrong decisions only because we haven't dealt with who we really are. And that's really where authenticity will always win when we are completely true and authentic to who we are.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. That was so good because, I've started incorporating shadow work into my coaching sessions, especially during that 30 day detox period, because what you just mentioned, especially when you're a faith based, whether you're a man or a woman, but that shame and that guilt of not being that ideal person, you know, according to what that ideal belief is. That is a burden. And so many people are walking around with that burden. And I feel like especially women, women tend to carry that guilt and that shame often even more. And what they don't realize is that when you disconnect from your authenticity and when you're walking around with all that guilt and shame, it shows up in other areas of your life and you'll just continue to play small, to settle and to expect less in the long run. And it's so sabotaging.
1: It really is. And we don't even realize we're doing it sometimes it's ingrained beliefs in us. Mm -hmm. And I do talk specifically to spiritual and faith-based people because that's who I am. And I understand like that kind of upbringing and so on and so forth that a lot of times it is to do with what we've been taught and some, you know, some incorrect teachings along the way. And then also some of the ways that we've internalized that teaching. So sometimes the teaching's correct, but it's how we interpret it um and then we kind of like you know like you're talking about the shadow self then we kind of put them aside instead of dealing with it because of the shame and the guilt and the condemnation
0: that's so good um it's so true everything you just said is absolutely true so let me ask you a question you your father's a pastor right
1: Uh, yes he is he's been a pastor all of my life
0: (laughs) so what was that like like how is that because i know that there's also probably another level of shame and guilt when you fall to certain behaviors and do certain actions being a child of a pastor as well
1: um so for me it's really interesting because um always had a really i have and i've always had a really good relationship with my parents and um I've loved being a pastor's kids. It's really interesting because we were laughing about it the other day, my family, because I have one brother and he was saying certain things about our childhood. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't feel like that. And it was, it's so <laughs> funny how you both can have the same parents, the same upbringing, live in the same house. We've always lived in the same houses. We've always had the same jobs. Like he didn't X factor with me. You know, We are very close right. um, uh, siblings, but we both have different experiences of our upbringing and our childhood because we've decided to I guess take a different evaluation of it and so for me I understand like why certain things had to happen, I understand why I was brought up this way Um, and I kind of leave what my parents did in their lap and just say okay that's fine you did what you had to do um but here we are today and let's move on from that and let's you know if you knew then what you know now you wouldn't have done xyz but we're here now nothing we can do and so i'm always of that kind of uh mindset where i don't like to hold people to the past but nothing bad happened it's just more of a case of um you know just not having all the same experiences as other children like We had a lot of church activities, so there were sometimes sports and music things I couldn't take part in because we were too busy, or um, we spent a lot of time, as I said, at church meetings, so we'll be tired when we go to school, and academics was a priority, but I never felt like we had enough time to really prioritize academics. So it's really um, those things. I think I love most of all about my upbringing and being a pastor's kid was the faith that it has given me, the ability... I. I 100% know that if it wasn't for my faith I would not be able to Have a sound mind right now Like Literally that is the reason Why I am breathing Um, And so I am grateful to that And I will always remember that Regardless of whether I feel like I was sheltered or I feel like I was allowed to do certain things Uh, This part Knowing that now at 35 years old That I am in my right mind Regardless of everything I've been through It's worth it just for that
0: Oh, Rachel, that, that was, that was, that was really powerful right there because like you said, having a strong faith to be able to see, I know those moments, like, you know, just looking back up in past experiences or things that you've felt or things that you've gone through and knowing that you could have gone a totally different way you could have been down a totally different path. So I think that that's definitely worthy of acknowledging. But like, how did you get to that strong positioning on that? Like, how did you transition? Because I've watched you go through different transitions over the years and i watch watched you really grow and develop and, you know, really blossom into like this like amazing speaker. Like, and you've gotten so much stronger um, in that and being able to connect with women and reach out and help people. So like, how did you grow to like this, position because you've gone through some things over the years as well like I know like in a on a personal, we don't have to get into them but I know like in a personal way um conversations that we've had that you've gone through some major shifts and experiences in your personal life as well so like how do you how did you get to that strong place through all of that
1: yeah yeah I mean uh gosh I think okay so even in the last three years so I've had Um, I've had a miscarriage in the last three years, I've got married and divorced in the last three years. So those are like three massive things anyway. And so I think, gosh, I think it is about knowing yourself and I'm still, I still haven't arrived. Like I'm still doing the work. I am still getting coaching. I'm still in therapy. I'm still like praying and stuff like that. Like I'm still learning more and more about myself every single day, but I think it's because I do do the work. I think a lot of people don't actually do any work. They don't make the effort to know who they are. They're like, oh, I don't need to take a personality test. I know who I am. Yeah, I know you know who you are. But when you look at your Enneagram, you're like, oh, right. That makes sense. Like, right. this is who I am. You don't and understand
0: yourself. Like, you you might, don't fully understand yourself. And that's different
1: right and it's and I think that's what it is I think one of the biggest things is that I actually do make an effort to know who I am and uh, I read a lot and I observe like my reactions to certain things Um, and I think I think it is down to effort it's down to effort and a willingness to own up to who you are again a it always goes back to that because a lot of people don't own up to who they are really what they really want and and then and then manage those things so whether they're healthy or unhealthy based on like your beliefs then you have to manage them in some way and when you don't that's when different things happen in your life and you know someone a friend of mine I didn't even know she felt this way but She said that she had resentment towards me and she didn't even know, but she had to apologize to me and I didn't even realize. Hmm. Um, and she said it was because she couldn't believe that I had had a miscarriage. She knew the things that had gone on in my marriage and I seemed to be very strong, but she didn't, she was upset because she was saying, gosh, God, why can't I be as strong as Rachel? Because she'd gone through a few miscarriages like me, but she felt like life was like really hard. And I said to her, I feel the same. Life is really hard, but I also understand my purpose. Um, And she was like, wow, you're teaching me so much, even in just knowing that. And I think that's the other thing that helps me keep on track is I understand I have a purpose. I understand that my voice matters and my story matters. The amount of people that even when something really big happens. So for example, two months ago, was it two months ago? July, um, 2018, there was this like sex tape that came out of me and someone. And it was like all over these different blog sites and like people were inboxing me, blah, blah, blah. And what's really funny to me is that some women that I didn't even know like had checkered past or anything like that, they were just like, Rachel, the way that you are behaving right now in this situation, i am in awe because i can't believe that you are this kind of woman that in the face of something like this when you when you do have a lot to say you aren't really saying anything and i was just like wow i felt like i didn't even know whether i was handling it correctly because most people i know hadn't been through it before didn't have a grid for it it was just like what is going on um and so you never even know the effect you're having on other people, even in what you feel like, you feel feel like you're drowning. Other people are looking at you thinking, wow, she's winning. So it is, again, a third thing is about perspective. Um, So the first thing is always being offended to yourself and my faith. The second one is probably um, just knowing my purpose and knowing that whatever I do, it won't stop my purpose but i can stop it if i change my direction so that's the second thing and the third thing is um just having that awareness of like actually um you never actually know who's looking at you um not to say you do it for people looking at you but just kind of realizing that actually there's always someone that's worse off than you that it could actually be worse um and just moving forward really
0: you know i i remember when That whole tape thing came out, and I remember reading a post and seeing so much support for you, and I actually really loved that because I saw so many women, you know, come in and support and you know basically give you that pat on the back virtually, just like you know it's okay. So, um, I, I I really like I paid attention from a distance because I was like I don't know exactly all the details of what's going on, but you know, it's what you said about people connecting with you and you never know who's watching. I definitely think that you've shared some stuff, uh, whether it's on this podcast or, you know, online that has definitely drawn people to you because you have been very transparent and authentic in a way I still struggle with, like I'm getting there. It's still something like I'm very, very vulnerable and authentic with people intimately like that I'm intimately close to like and not physically intimate but like even just like my friends my very like I keep a very small circle of friends and I'm naturally very introverted and but I'm able to turn it off I'm very I can turn it off for career social purpose when I have to but I I have a hard time being as open and transparent uh publicly like this is still something very new for me having to deal with Uh, working with the public or being on the forefront. So I still struggle with that. So I admire anyone who can do that very easily. There was something else that you said that I wanted to rewind back to. And that's when you said that you really try to be aware of how you respond to things, different things that you do. And I believe that it's so important to become just extremely curious about yourself. Like I'm super curious about who I am. I'm curious about how I respond to things, why I feel different ways, why I think different things, why I'm drunk. Like I'm super, super curious, which is really what has led me into the whole uh, courtship coaching and match coaching because I realized that most people need to understand certain things about them before they even start meeting a match, before they even feel confident, feel strong enough, feel authentic enough to meet someone. how does this impact women like when you're working with women whether it's social media strategy or marketing or business like how do you see that disconnect show up for them because that are probably some of the things that I just mentioned with having a hard time being able to to be fully seen and fully transparent I'm guessing is part of it
1: yeah honestly that's the biggest thing is being confident in themselves a lot of time it is like being ashamed of parts of their story or things that they've done or wondering like how will people view me? And that is probably the number one reason why people work with me because of those things that you've said. And like, they're like, you know, I like how you show up. I like you being transparent. And in my head, I'm like, huh, I'm not transparent enough. You know, there are some things that I, obviously there's a lot of things I hold back. And, um, and I wanted to say to you that, it's okay to be where you are. Like, it's not, this is, none of this is a competition. I think that's the other thing as well. Like, people are like, oh, I remember even when that whole situation happened, I would read other things and people would be like, oh, well, she didn't really say anything or, well, we shouldn't know what really happened. And I'm like, it's actually none of your business. Really. I can say, I can tell you whatever I want to say. And whoever else wants to give their side of the story, that's up to them. Like that has nothing to do with me. And so, even, and that's something I always tell my clients as well, is that what you want to say only has to do between you and God and who your ideal client is, your ideal target market, the community that you wish to reach. What do they care about? What do they need to hear in this moment? And how can you be that for them? Um, And so that's probably the main thing that we kind of deal with in, in our, in our um, relationship um, in my coaching, you know, client relationship.
0: Now, You also had the opportunity to do some of the exercises from the detox program. Um, What was that like for you?
1: Now that was interesting. It was really good getting to sit down and really kind of look over, um, you know, some of the questions and thoughts and be like, huh, what do I think about myself or where did I learn about relationships? You know, what was my first um, view of relationships and where have I got this from? Like, how do I feel about myself? These are, and, and the thing is because I answer these questions, kind of questions all the time. It's, it's, it was like, oh yeah, this is easy. But at the same time, I always approach things with a fresh um, outlook. Like you've never learned something. You've never Oh, I know it all. Like you should never, ever come with that kind of position. And I think that comes from years and years of being in the church. And like, you know, someone will read a scripture and then you'll be like, in your head, you're like, oh yeah, I know this story, but then you must always come with a ready, like open heart to hear a fresh revelation. And so I approached it the same way with like, okay, let me see how, you know, Zara approaches this. You know, I've, I've seen this before. I know the answer to these questions, but maybe I don't know the answer. Um, And that's really how I want to approach everything is to be like, okay, well I thought felt like that yesterday or last week, but today, how does this look today? And like, what are my thoughts on this today?
0: Right. So were there any things that like really stood out that you like got a new light on about any of your choices or actions or anything?
1: Um, I think the main thing um, for me is just kind of understanding that um, things do have a path. Like there are paths of when things happened and how, um, how we get to a place. Do you know what I mean? Like how you, how did we arrive here and what is the story of relationships that we've been in Um, and how we have to really kind of go deeper into that. And like you said, it is a detox. So it's like purging and sometimes it can be, sometimes it can be rough. Um, And I think really looking at the limiting beliefs was really key for me because I often overlook those because i go straight to the positive stuff i'm like oh i don't have any negative beliefs i don't have any limiting beliefs but we there are all there are always things that we can work on um and um i think there were a couple of things about like feeling a little bit unworthy and i know that's to do with like my last marriage and then the tape and everything so like i know i'm still dealing with some um areas around that um and it's it's cool because I always understand that I'm a work in progress and we all are. Um, so that was really good for me.
0: The unworthiness due to like past experiences or shame is so strong and so apparent in just about every single person. Like it's amazing how often people struggle with it and you're super self-aware. So imagine you know, if you're a very self-aware person, you're very deep into personal development and coaching and spirituality and all of that. So this is work that you're consistently working on, but imagine for people who don't take the time to explore things on a deeper level. They don't know how to even assess certain aspects of themselves and they haven't gotten there yet. Like those feelings of not being good enough, not being worthy, you know, a lot of focus on their past experiences, mistakes, their shame, their guilt, like that weighs heavily on them. Um, And when you're working with women in business, do they usually express that as well like a lot of shame and guilt?
1: Yeah, they do and that's why I always invite them to understand what I, you know, said to you earlier that all parts of your story matter and yes there are things that could have happened to us that we didn't want whether that's you know things like molestation rape and being um fired or being evicted um things like that that were beyond our control but what we can control is our reactions to it and so i think that yes that is something that we all deal with and it's definitely something i've had to talk about with clients and just even in general not even just clients just friends and you know social interactions um that is something as you said is a big thing
0: do you see any common trends or, or themes with the type of things that most are struggling with internally when it comes to shame and guilt
1: i think it's most of it is like not being good enough And feeling like they're not worthy of their calling, especially when I deal with, like, um, Christian women who might be ministers, that's their biggest thing is, like, not being worthy or not being good enough, um, because... um, the church is has always been More of like a male dominated Kind of environment maybe similar To yours as well like just a more male Dominated sphere Um And only in the last you know Maybe 30 years has it Become a bit more egalitarian Well not really but In some ways Um, So there's always that pressure there's even that There's always that double standard which I've even had to deal with even regards to my Situation like just like the people are just like oh they're so disappointed in me and it's just like huh you who right. what I, okay. you know i don't need your disappointment honestly i'm disappointed in myself right. you know you you know what i mean and it's like can we can men and women be treated the same um i understand that we can't be um you know because we are different but one of the things i try to work on is like okay if we're going to be true to who we are then we also have to understand that. So I think that's been the biggest thing amongst the, the women that I've worked with in the past.
0: Do you feel like there's, especially for people who are coaches or work with the public or even the women, like you said, some are trying to be pastors, then they might be pastors or they're just in a position where they're more on the forefront. Like this pressure to be, I don't even want to say perfect because it's not necessarily perfection, but it's more so just like this image of what other people think you're supposed to be like others are so invested and you're supposed to do everything right and you know to be in order to be worthy of this position or there was something else that you said that I should have written down but I totally forgot I'm sorry but there was you you touched on the topic of you know when it comes to other people's expectations and holding back because of that right but do you feel like there's a lot of wiggle room today like we're kind of moving into a new era where those who are on the forefront are allowed to be more flawed or allowed not to have like the perfect story because there's always just like you know well what makes Rachel qualified to do what she's done she's experienced x y and z she should be the last one saying this or the, you know do you feel like we're still in that era or are we moving past that
1: I think we're very much still in that era Um, And um, I know, especially like, you know, a lot of my experiences obviously are, you know, Christian based just based on my faith and what I do find is that so when we come when we look at like even different leaders in the Bible and different other religious scriptures we romanticized the stuff that they went through the stories yeah. that they had and it's yeah. just like no no really like this is an x-rated like this this bible yeah. is x-rated like if you were really there and i think i did a teaching on it um in one of my facebook groups about just a few of the things that some of the people went through it's like criminal it's like criminal um, minds and Scan, like it's worse than those shows game of thrones has nothing on the things that these people went through but right. yet when we as humans in in 2019 experience similar things all of a sudden it's like oh my god you know you you're you should be ostracized and you should never do that again or you're not worthy and i've just come to understand that some people they'd rather Keep a a rose-tinted version of what they believe about their heroes because they don't want you to. They want you to be perfect. Um, And I've just come to the understanding that I don't need to be perfect for anyone. And um, if it makes people uncomfortable, that's fine. Um, And I feel like you just have to be okay with that. Not everyone's okay with that. I've become okay with it. um,
0: But but how I always view it, I always view it as like just deep-rooted projection. Like that whole concept of well, what makes this person qualified? Well, who are they to do that? Who are they to speak on this? I always look at it as really deep-rooted insecurity and projection, because really, usually, what that's rooted in is, well, I've been through X, Y, and Z, and I don't feel qualified to share this or to speak about that. I don't feel good enough to, you know, help people in this way or anything. So why? her why him why are they doing this they shouldn't be doing and kind of like what you were saying about your friend and that resentment of like well i've been through x y and z and i'm not that strong so why are you this way who are you to be you know it's really like a deep rooted projection because they haven't been able to get through their own insecurities
1: Yeah. And that's really what it does come down to. And that's why I say that even though we might be leaders, even though we might have people looking up to us, we're not actually responsible for how they feel about the things that we do and say, because if you start doing that, you end up not, you end up being distracted from your purpose. Um, And I'm not saying we should be reckless. We should never be reckless, but this whole thing of putting people on a pedestal, it just ends up being problematic because when they fail or when they do something we don't like, it just can ruin everything. So we just have to be really careful.
0: Okay. So share with everyone that's listening a little bit more about, I mean, you went a little bit into what you do, but let them know more about just like how you can definitely benefit any woman who has some aspirations to you know, start a business or get into coaching or just do something that she needs to kind of push herself to find her purpose? Like how, how do you take them through that transformation?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing, the first thing we start off with is working out what your desires are, because let's be frank, a lot of women, Um, don't actually know what they want. Like you don't actually know what you want. You don't know because you've been told that you can't be everything that you want to be. You can't be a wife and run a successful business. You can't be a mother and, you know, spend loads of money on, I don't know, a pair of shoes because people are like, oh no, you need to feed your kids, but why can't you do both? So the first thing we get to is our desires because that's the part, that's really where it comes down to is what do you really want? So what do you really want? So we start there. Then we talk about what kind of business or what kind of life would you like? And where would you like to be in 90 days? So it's, so you're very clear about in these three months or in any three month period, what would you ideally like to have as an outcome? And then we just work backwards, but it really, what I found it really comes down to being authentic, always comes back down to that and to our desires um and to just be in alignment with our purpose because the answers we always have the answers in us for our business for our relationships for our family the answers are already inside of us but it's about us owning up and saying actually this is what i really want i didn't actually want that um and really kind of owning up to that so that's the kind of the process that we go through over the three months and do do like the tech stuff, like setting up Facebook pages, Facebook groups, your emails, um, you know, all the brands and everything. But what I found is that all those kind of things aren't as important. Those things fall into place so easily when we've done the beginning work, which is about your identity, being authentic and owning up to your desires.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's why I've kind of started ushering Uh, people, especially women, to lean more towards my captivating courtship coaching methods instead of matchmaking. Because what I've discovered just over the last four years of doing matchmaking and working with unmarried people, especially unmarried women, um, is that I can't just put you in front of someone and know that you're super likely to sabotage the whole entire thing because the same thing that has gotten you here is is you're going to lean into the same results because you haven't gotten to a place of healing those emotional wounds of feeling a high sense of self-worth of feeling more confident of understanding you know your true value so that you can actually be positioned in front of someone who values that most women when I get them, whether it's in one-on-one coaching or if they would just uh, put their profile in, they're in a space of feeling not good enough, of unworthy. And that's not saying that this is the only type of people that sign up for matchmaking or anything like that. But the reality is, is that most of us, whether they just go ahead and meet someone on their own or they go through some type of service or online dating or whatever, most of us are walking around with deep feelings of feeling not good enough and when you go through consistent bad experiences or unavailable situations, or you don't understand why you're attracted to this, you don't understand your childhood wounds, you don't understand how to reprogram that so that you're drawn to something different and you actually feel worthy of something different, it's really hard to sit you down in front of the type of partner that you say you want because you'll end up either being combative or defensive or you'll end up avoiding um, the connection because you're a You have a fear of intimacy, a fear of being abandoned. You know, your anxiety kicks up where you come off really needy or clingy. Um, You don't know how to control those emotions because you're disconnected with your true self and you're so scared that this person sees the real you or this person gets to know certain aspects of you. They're not going to want you. So you kind of feel the need to either avoid the whole process. Like some people won't even make the effort to meet someone or what they'll do is, they'll put so much stress and pressure on themselves to make it happen, make it happen, make it happen, that they end up sabotaging and backfiring the whole entire process. So Now what I do is very systematically show them how to get to the place so that by the time they're actually positioned in front of the type of people or they learn how to position themselves in front of the right people for them who will see their value and actually be magnetically drawn to them in the right way. So it's like a whole process getting them to that point. So I totally you know, identify with where you are right now in the coaching, because you've been doing this for a while now. So I'm guessing you've seen like, okay, this can't work yet until you get here. Like you need right. to do these certain things first. Like-
1: yeah. And I think that's how it is. Like, and that's what I've learned. And I didn't even realize that was a thing. Mm -hmm. But the more and more that I get into it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. You're actually not going to do well in your business until you do well in yourself, because what you're going to show up as will be inauthentic. You'll be out of integrity and you need to be in it for more than just money. Money will just be a byproduct of who you are and what you say because you're being authentic. And so, yeah, exactly what you said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And i think that it's a process for everyone and even when it comes to relationships that's why i'm such a big advocate like, i can't just tell you know your worth know your worth and it's the same thing with business like you can have these business coaches who are just like know your worth know your value but it's like okay what does that look like i have i don't know how to know my worth i don't know how to get to that process because if i was there it wouldn't be a problem like we wouldn't be having this conversation so i feel like it's the same thing with relationships. Um, So let everyone know, like, how can they find you? How can they connect with you online, offline? How can they connect with you, Rachel? Yeah,
1: so thank you. Um, So the way that everyone can connect with me is I'm mostly on Instagram. Instagram is the best place to connect with me. It's Rachel Yvonne on Instagram. My website is rachelivon.com, and on Facebook, you can also find me Rachel Yvonne Mackintosh. Um, when you type me in, you'll see me, you'll know exactly who it is. Um, I'm, this, I'm, I think I'm the only one. So when you type it, you'll see, I'll be the first one up anyway, um, on Instagram and on Facebook. That's why I mostly am. So I'd love to connect with anyone. Um, we can further on this conversation and, um, yeah, I'd love to connect with you, but Zara, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a really, um, great time with you and a pleasure and an honor to be able to talk with you about this topic.
0: Oh, no, not a problem at all. And maybe I would love to have you on again in the future because I think you're an absolute
1: doll.
0: (laughs) But I'll make sure I connect all the information on how people can contact you in the show notes so thank you so much and you tell everyone where you're located I know they're probably like, where's her accent from Where's she located let everyone know before you go
1: <laughs> um, yeah so I'm from England Um, that's where I live I do travel a lot so people is like wait where are you right now but yeah right now I'm in, in London England um, that's where I live um, but I do travel a lot um, so sometimes my accent can sound a bit weird but most of the time it's quite British like this. Very <laughs>
0: <Yeah>, British, <laughs> very British. But okay, Rachel, thank you so much. You have a great day, Adam. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank
1: you. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. If you've been listening to The Courtship Code Podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20 minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship.